0: How I love for you. Well, once again, this last month of June, I uh, proved that I am extremely human in that I got, uh, I think, a, a week behind in Torah portions, so uh, this week we're going to be going to both Balak and Phineas, which, Phin- Pinkas, which uh, go together as one very well, but uh, somehow that just happened. So much on my mind. Uh, revive 2023 is now in the record books it is history i'm going to do my best to give you a brief uh report i'm also going to be recording with barry phillips who was there with us and uh we the guys with uh life on purpose decide we need to take a, a week off i think i need to probably take more than that but uh, i don't have that opportunity so we're going to be giving a report next Monday on Life on Purpose, uh, maybe between all three programs. This one, uh, Foundations for Life and also uh, Life on Purpose, will be able to, to bring forth something from it. Uh, I, I can tell you that this weekend that I was able to spend with, I, I don't count numbers. I, I don't even, I, I kind of look around the room, but I refuse to count. Uh, that's, that is self-serving. So... We had somewhere in excess of 150, 170. These are not children. Uh, they're not youth, actually. They're young adults. The age range in the room was 19 to probably about 30, a little bit more than that. Average was probably about 25. And so it was a, an amazing time to be able to work with uh, my son Daniel, of course, Ryan Cribbs, David Covert, Leyland. And also, uh, Laura, uh, numerous ones that came in and helped out with this. I was able to spend six and a half hours. We were able to spend six and a half hours with these young adults. And it literally became, in many people's words, a conference within a conference. Uh, I did not have much of any time to spend in the main sessions. I was able to spend uh, about 30 minutes, 30-45 minutes with uh, dear friend Eddie Chumney. I uh, got to spend just a, a little bit of time looking at some of the things that he is doing right now with the Dead Sea Scrolls and with the community called the Essenes. Uh, I, I, I really recommend if you're able to get any of his teachings on this, it is uh, foundational with some of the things that are we see before us uh how do i explain well if, if you've ever been in a move of god you've been in that service in which it felt like the heavenly realm and the earthly realm that the curtain went to a very very thin veil that's what we experienced uh, right from the start the young people that were there in the room. Uh, Daniel and, and uh, my team, we got together prior to, and I want to give credit to Barry, Barry and Laura Phillips also. I'll talk more about that. But we, we got together, and we just decided that I had I listened to, I was listening to a talk show on the way into Revive, just as some noise in the background, and the person that I was listening to said, you know, as a comedian, uh, yeah, I was not really listening to anything that was important. As a comedian, you never bring your best joke first. Well, that really stunned me. And so I said to these guys, we're gonna bring our best first. We're not gonna wait till the last session on Sunday to you know kind of up our game. We're going we're coming in right from the beginning. And uh, they did, we did, uh, and the father did right from the beginning. There were tears in the room. There was, uh, you know, people are, People asked me, well, you know, they're going to be on their phones, they're going to be talking. There was maybe two or three in the room. I never even mentioned because it didn't matter. Uh, there was maybe two or three people in the room that would occasionally look at their phones for the most part. Phones were put away. There was no talking in the room. And their attention was, was right there. During the worship, they were engaged. And so, we uh, I, I taught a, a message on um, on the the Father out of uh, Isaiah chapter forty six. He declared the end out of the beginning, trying to look at them and give purpose because this is something that uh, for these young adults, purpose is not something that they're being taught very much. It's not something that they're being challenged to live. So I went from there to the next day, absolutely out of the blue. I never thought about doing this with them, but I taught uh, the message according to the uh, the Gospel according to the Shofar. Again, took it to a, a another realm with them, uh, challenged them, asked them, "How many of you want to be used by God?" Well, there's enough of them in the room that have been with me in the past that a lot of them, you know, did not raise their hands. A few did, and I said, "Please don't ever, uh, don't ever ask to be used by God, but instead that the Father would work through you. Uh, he wants to blow His breath through you, just like a shofar." Well, that day is when things began to break loose. We had uh, two prophetic words. A young man, I won't give his name. But uh, a young man who had not originally planned to be there was uh, a very, very quiet guy. It was kind of, you know, the person that you really don't normally notice in a room because uh, he's, he's not saying much. But uh, I saw him raise his hand over to the side. And I normally do not allow people to just come randomly and, and say something. But it was like the father said he has something to say. And this young man... I was so, so proud of him for what he did. He stood up and said, you know, first of all, well, I don't I don't talk well. And I, so we've nicknamed him Moses, too. Uh, he gave a prophetic word to us uh, that was followed by another uh, young lady. And we went into a time of worship and just took it, it went to a whole new level. But we were, I don't know that any of us were prepared for what would happen on Sunday. Uh, I did a, a message on my own testimony, titled "This Poor Man Cried," and what I did in this time was just tried to be raw, honest with them. Uh, they they look at, at at teachers, adults, and they're really not uh, they they're they're out of touch with that we have gone through some of the same things that they are going through today. Uh, they, they have not had very many people that have just been really dirt level honest about the mistakes that we've made. And I, it's not something I really wanted to do, but uh, I did. And that began a move of God on Sunday afternoon, evening, that um, changed a lot of people's lives. I had talked. Uh, various ones of us had talked. I had brought in Barry to talk a little bit to uh, Daniel, of course, and Ryan and David, and uh, uh, various subjects and various things. And uh, one of the themes that, one of the words that kept coming out was altar. And so, at the end of my session, my time uh, of, of speaking on Sunday afternoon, I said, "Guys, we're going to we're going to make an altar." And we're going to just grab some chairs and right down the center of the room. And so I reached over, and grabbed a chair, and brought it out to the front. And all of a sudden, there's uh, the guys just grab chairs, and there's 10, 12 chairs ac- across right in the middle of the room. And as I turned to, I, I, I just I looked at Daniel and, and, to, and to Ryan and said, It's yours. Take it. I'm done. And I turned to walk away. And to just stand in the corner, you know, take my little, my little position and uh, pray and watch. Uh, and I heard this word, lead. I did not know. I, I did not know if I was going to just sit, kneel there and look foolish or not, but I was willing to. And so I, I turned around. I went to the center of where those chairs were and knelt down. And within seconds, I was hearing the sobbing to my right and the sobbing to my left as the father was faithful. And he began to meet with these young people. Uh, It was just a moment before we had to grab more chairs and make a second row of an altar. Um, and, and And then it really happened as they began to spontaneously pray for one another. I was not having to 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 tell them to to I was I was there encouraging, but there were uh, there was uh, one young man who again someone who is not known for speaking in public uh, began to give a prophetic word. I had invited Barry and Laura Phillips, who were such a great blessing. Uh, Barry and Laura, in prayer, they began to pray with some of these young adults. Going down the the uh, the row the, the our, our altar, uh, Barry came to one young man I had I had instructed it was to be men praying with men and women praying with women. Barry came to one young man who the day before had been in the middle of the dance circle had been had spontaneously done a, a uh, 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 an interpretive dance beautiful. And Barry came to him and he said, "I'm I'm just lost. I I have I don't have a relationship with Messiah." Barry began to pray and the the power of God hit that room. Um, he began to yell, "I can feel him! I can feel him!" Uh, he got up and and he came over and grabbed me and hugged me. I, I thought he was going to choke me for a few minutes and uh, he wouldn't let go. And I he just kept saying, "I can feel him. His love and." I said, then tell everybody. He started just yelling it out at the top of his lungs. Uh, he walked to the side, and it, it didn't take me but a moment to, to look out. And I said, you now start praying for others. Uh, we had young people, uh, very special young people, in that room that were trembling under the power of God. They were they were weeping. There was we were trying to find boxes of Kleenex. Um, it was. It, I, how do you describe this? I don't know. All I can do is say that God is faithful, and we're making plans that uh, to take this and. and I, I don't know where it's going right now. I really don't. I have no idea. But I can tell you that uh, I'm not going to be waiting for God willing, Bezroditschim. I'm not going to be waiting for next year and another revive. These young people need something and they need it on a regular basis. So, we're going to do what we can regarding that. Um, With that, I I can tell you I'm tired. I'm I'm not tired, I'm exhausted. I got in Monday. Um, Of course, yesterday was the 4th of July. Had a little bit of time to relax. But they say that when you're tired, you should probably uh, watch your mouth a little bit more. But I have to, there's something that I need to say. And I, I may lose, uh, I may lose some people watching. Uh, you may unsubscribe. That's your prerogative. But I, I, there's something I need to say to you. God is faithful, but sometimes He's looking for us to be a part of. I know that not all of you could have gone to revive. What I did last week is I was on a, a, the wrong Torah portion was I ask you to, uh, to set aside time during that, that time period between 3.30 and 5.30 specifically to pray. And I, I would imagine that some of you did. I, I know of some that did. But I ask you for one thing. And I, I don't look at my numbers on my videos, on my audio. I, I don't look at all that stuff. I, I have a basic understanding of it, but I, I, it's just not something. Uh, the Father freed me from numbers a long time ago. So I, I can look. I can look, as I did this morning. And I, I looked at the, the numbers of people that last week uh, watched the, the, uh, my, my teaching. And I'd like to report to you the number of people I asked, if you are willing to even acknowledge with a prayer during those, that time period to please email me, text me, whatever, message me, whatever you can do. Um, why did I ask that? Was it for me? No. I, I don't do anything. I, I try not to do anything here for my benefit. I did that because of one reason. I wanted to be able to stand in front of these young people, who have been beat up by the world, who believe that very that that no one is really on their side. Um, I, I'm not going to go any farther into my reasoning there, but they're struggling. They are struggling. The testimonies, the the um, the, the conversations that I had with many of them. Uh, that lasted after our teaching sessions they were coming to me they were going to Daniel to uh, to David to Ryan various ones these young people are struggling and I wanted to be able to stand in front of them and tell them the number of people that he committed to prayer for them during that time well I'd like to give you a report uh, before I get into the Torah portion a report of how many emails, combined emails, texts, messages, phone calls, or anything else that I received. Now I do have to say, for one person who had before I even asked this had committed to this, and uh, thank you so much. You you know who you are. But outside of that that one person, I'd like to tell you the number of emails, messages, texts, and phone calls that I got. Um, Saying that they would, that you would pray for uh, at any time during that time, and I'd like to hold this number up before you uh, on for those on video, you'll be able to see it. So here's the number that I have: zero. Not a single person. Not a, turn me off if you want. Not a single one of you spent the five seconds, five, ten seconds it would take to send me any type of communication so that I could relate to these young people. You may have prayed. I, I, I'm Okay, I got that. You may have done that. But the purpose was so that I could encourage them by standing up and telling them that there were people that were praying. But because there was no communication, I could not do that. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to understand that we must get involved in this day. If you're watching this video the same as you watch the, the football game, the same as you, you watch your favorite sitcom or, or America's Got a Freak Show or whatever it is, you need to ask yourself some questions. Are you really committed to, are you really a part of what is going on today? Uh, one of the, the young people came to me during a time, uh, during regarding the time of worship and said, we need to be all in. We can't just sit on the sidelines anymore. We can't just sit in our chairs anymore. We've got to be all in. I'm going to challenge you. Um, please in coming in the coming year, um, be involved, be involved some of you think well my prayer to, yes it does mean something yes it does to have be, I, I just been able to stand up and say that there's a, a person in this state or this state and that are they have committed to pray would have meant so much i'll get off that the torah portions of balaam and balak in the book of Exodus, chapter 17, it says that from every generation we will, as a people of Israel, have to deal with Amalek. It's interesting enough that if we take the, the final letters of Balaam and Balak and we we pull those out and put them together, we have this person, this 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 uh this people called Amalek. What is Amalek? Amalek is all through Scripture is the enemy. It is the essence of the enemy of God. It is the the physical realm manifestation of Hasatan himself. And so we can look at this and see that in uh, in the the wording in the the letters of Balak. And Balaam, and I, uh, especially tired, I'll probably get these backwards. I'll try to keep them together. We need to look at these two people and who they are. Uh, you know the story. If you went through vacation Bible school and you saw the the, fl- the, uh, the, the the flannel graph and the black light and all that stuff, it was always one of the, you know, the, the hot ones to, to use. But the word Balak, his name means devastation. Or to lay waste. And we can look at Balak as the person who is being used by the enemy in order to destroy. He is seeking to destroy. But if we continue to, to look at this name, the laying waste, the exhausted land, it is like a garden plot that year after year after year, has brought forth, uh, because of the nutrients in the ground, has brought forth, uh, a harvest. But after a while, if that harvest, if that ground is not allowed to do as scripture says of, of a, a Shabbat, a year of laying, laying fallow, uh, that the nutrients do not have a time to replenish. And you can, as we saw, the dirt, the the uh, the, uh, the dust bowl, as we see, I believe, in the world today, the nutrients in our soil have been depleted because people have not been uh, going by a a biblical uh, principle regarding the land, and so it is about exhaustion. We look at the scriptures in the book of Daniel and also in Revelation. Uh, that, uh, and, and I believe in, in Matthew, of the enemy will seek to to uh, exhaust the Zadokim, the saints. He will do everything he can in his power to exhaust us to where there's no nutrient in our soil. And if we today, this is a, kind of an interesting way to bring this in. Folks, Shabbat. Shabbat is our time to set apart. If you and I do not take Shabbat and set it apart, I'm not talking about the lighting of the candles. I'm not talking about the, the blessings and the bread and all of those things. But taking an active role in our Shabbat to make sure that this is a time of rest and also a time of refreshing. What is it about service? Our services should be a time of refreshing. Our services should not be. I've gone to Shabbat services uh, through the years, and it wasn't restful. Uh, it was it was just the, the all the busyness and activity of Sunday taken over to Saturday, and it was a performance, and all of these things. You come away and you're, you're not rested. You're you're tired. You're more tired at the end of the service than you were at the beginning. Balak will come in. Do I dare say it? Things that people want us to do. Well, there's you know this this this. I, I'm not going to go into specifics. Well, there's this activity and that activity and something else and and uh, well you know I've got I've got this this that I need to get done and uh, you know this family time they're expecting ladies and gentlemen, our families that are not following the Torah, they need to understand that you and I live by conviction. And my conviction is that when you draw me away from my time of rest and reflection and refreshing on Shabbat, I will not be there, Balak, if that hurts you if that, and I'm talking to to what we need to say to friends and family, if that upsets you, then you're just going to have to deal with it because I am going to follow God's principles. I am going to follow His instructions. And you're no longer going to exhaust me. You're no longer going to be a part of me laying waste with no nutrition to give to someone else. My Shabbat, my Shabbat priorities will be that I take a time of rest, I take a time of disconnect with the world as much as I possibly can, and my time of, of service, my time of getting together with other like-minded people, is my priority in life. Balak will try to take you away from that. Balaam, on the other hand, his, his name is referring to, um, again, it is a wearing out, um, so we have Balak is, is the devastation, laying waste, and Balaam is, I call Balaam the system. Balaam is a prophet for hire. Balaam is the one who is merchandising the anointing. Balaam's the one who is, is, is telling you, well, you have to do this out of duty. The day that I have, that I uh, attend a service out of duty is the day that I am succumbing to the the influence of Balaam. I I don't go to service and I'm blessed this month, uh, Life Assembly, actually uh, I I talked this over with everyone and uh, they've actually given me the month off. We have family coming in. We're actually going to get together with a uh, with our our congregation at the end of the month. But uh, I've got I had revive and I have a wedding to do. And but uh, they said you know for the other other couple of uh, Shabbats there you just uh, you you take you take the month off. We'll be fine. We'll be here when you get back. See that's the wonderful thing about a, a congregation that. Uh, uh, it's. I try not to build it on me because if I do, if I'm gone, it's going to be. It's not going to be there. And I heard that last Shabbat, uh, uh, the, the the guys that were leading it uh, probably did a greater, better job than I do, and I'm, I'm appreciative for that. Because this whole system of Balaam and Balak, what is it wanting? What is it wanting to do? It is wanting to wear you out, to devastate you, to lay you waste to lay waste uh make you just be a wasteful piece of ground that cannot be used for anything but to bring forth stickers uh, it's is balaam's name if we trace it back is to darken so to take our light away from us we must be cautious today and the the interesting thing to me is that uh, for Balaam and Balak, Israel did not know. They, they were not perceiving what was happening. Maybe with a, a flash of a sword up on the, the hillside that they, they could have seen. But other than that, they had no idea what was going on around them. Because, I, I, I guess I could speculate a lot of things, but maybe they had failed to remain engaged in their task of being Israel to the level they should have. Now, the the most righteous one in the camp or around the camp and in the story here is a donkey. I remember uh, my pastor, Pastor Rick Lees, in Tucson, and teaching on this uh, story one time. He looked at me and he said, "Mike, uh, the uh, God used a donkey." He said this in front of the whole congregation. He said. God used a donkey. There's hope for you. Uh, I got that in this in this situation, in this account. I'll I'll be happy to be the donkey, because the donkey was the one that stood, and heard the voice of God. May we all strive to be the donkey in this story, hearing the voice of God, engaging in the process of what is going on around us. I'm going to have to skip through some verses pretty fast here. I took a lot of time in in uh, my report on uh, on it on Revive, but I want to go through just a couple of verses. Number one is in chapter 23, verse uh, verse nine. From the top of the rocks I see them, from the hills I behold them. Yes, a the people that will stand will dwell alone, and not think itself one of the nations. The the word here of dwelling alone is the connotation of being an isolated city. There's a there, there's a trap. There's a lot of traps these days, I guess. There's a trap wanting to be wanting to fit in. I mean, I, I want to fit in. I, I go out and I, I play golf with some guys and. You know, for the most part they, they couldn't spell God with a dictionary. Um, they're they're far from him. I want to fit in <clears throat> I want to fit in the crowd I, I want to you know the, the the jokes that are there and all the you know the, the language and all that stuff I, I want to fit in but I know that I'm not supposed to I have to dwell alone. if you're not willing to be alone. In a room of a thousand people that's where you've got to be comfortable that is the place that you and i must be able to be comfortable it's when we're called to be in a room of a thousand people and it may be a a a religious room it may be whatever room it is but we've got to be comfortable in our isolation Maybe being the only one that stands for Israel. Maybe being the only one in your family that stands for the Torah. Maybe be the only one that's not at the party because, oh well, you know, they 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 do that by they're they're those Jewish Jewish people. They do that Jewish stuff. They they don't they don't put their family first anymore. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there's there's other days to have activities than Saturday. And if when we stand when we make a stand as an isolated city, maybe it's then that people can look to the horizon and from their place of busyness, from their place of of whatever it is, they can see on the horizon someone that's at peace and is fruitful in their lives. The In chapter 24, a favorite verse of mine, How lovely are your tents, O Yaakov, your encampments, Israel. This is chapter twenty-four, verse five. How lovely are your dwelling places? Uh, the the word here is a is a nomad dwelling of transience. A nomad dwelling of transience. It is a place in which the reason that the and the word lovely is tov or good. The reason that the tents of the Hebrews were so lovely is because they were moving forward. Think about that one. It was not just that they were decorated nice, that they had set up their tents exactly rectangular and put out the awning and, and the, the, the little solar lights and all those things. And you no. Know, it was the, what made their tents, uh, lovely, Tov, good, before the, the one looking down upon them is that the tents were looking, were moving forward. Now the, the word says, how lovely are your tents? Yaakov. And we know that anytime that the word Yaakov, the name Yaakov is used, it is about the, uh, people that are dwelling in this natural realm. He saw their problems. He saw their issues. He saw the things that were going on. He saw the things that they were dealing with. Some they were overcoming. Some were surcoming. Uh, He saw all of that. But because even as they were acting like Yaakov in exile, like Jacob in exile, they continued to move forward with the cloud. He says how... Lovely is your encampment, O Israel. The word there is Mishkan, and it is the tabernacle. That the tabernacle, they had continued, even through all of their issues, all of the things that they had done wrong through Korach, through the different rebellions, through all of those things, the one thing that they had continued to do is set up the tabernacle in the center of the camp. There is not a recorded, uh, there's not a scripture that records that when they got to a place, they decided, well, I don't think we're going to be here long, so we're just going to... you know, we're, we're just we're just going to uh, not you know leave it there because let, let's wait a couple of days and see if the cloud moves and, and if it does you know then then we've saved ourselves the effort and the time and all and the the backache and all those things but you know if it's if it's around for a few days then we'll go ahead and and, and set up the, no every place along their journey even through their difficulties even through their challenges, even through their failures, the tabernacle remained in the center. What made David the man after God's own heart? It sure wasn't his lack of failure, was it? I mean, you know, Bathsheba, and then killing her wife, or her her wife, killing her husband? Uh, The guy, I mean... The, the man after god's own heart plotted to murder but yet he was called a man after god's own heart why because through all of his life no matter his failures no matter what he did he god was still there in the middle of his life he continued to acknowledge even when he failed Read, I think it's Psalm 53, the confession. Do not take your Holy Spirit from it. Do not take your Mishkan from the midst of my camp is a way that we could translate that. Ladies and gentlemen, a lot of people out there feel like they've failed. I had young people come to me this past weekend, uh, come to Daniel, feeling like they've failed. And I had to show them, or yes, we had to show them, yes, yes, you failed. But the reason you're here is because you're crying out for him to still be in your camp. Don't look at your failures. Look at the strength of the one that's in the middle, which is, it says, your Mishkan Israel. He is continuing in the process of exile to take Yaakov, Jacob, and make us into Israel. To make our camps, our tents, a mirror image of his tent. That was the purpose of the tabernacle in the middle of the camp. It was evident that all the, the thousands of people that were in that were encamped in at the time of the Hebrews in the wilderness, not all of them could have fit in the tabernacle. Not all of them could have fit in the Kodesh Kodeshim, the Holy of Holies. But the priests, the high priests, could go in. They, In bringing their sacrifice, in each, each family, each camp, bringing their sacrifice to the altar, they were then connecting with that which was in the Holy of Holies, the presence of the Almighty. And they were to then take that back into their own camps. You and I, Shabbat after Shabbat, we should be encountering. We should be encountering His presence. Leaders, those that lead congregations, your, your, your duty is during the week to spend the time so that when you come together on Shabbat, there is to be something to give unto the people, not just a last minute. Oh wow, look at scripture, and right, let's let's just let's just see where God wants to go. No, we need to be bringing something to the table. All of this with Balaam, Balak, it happened without Israel's knowledge. They didn't see it. They didn't know what was going on. They didn't know about the donkey. They didn't know about Balaam, about Balak. It was all without them understanding it. In the end, because they maybe let down their discernment, they, in my opinion, one of the gravest failures of, of, of Israel is the Midianite women, The excuse me, the Moab, uh, Moab, yeah. Let me get over here to it. Um, we see the... Um, the Where's the verse? Became... Uh, Israel stayed at Shittim and there the people began whoring with the women of Moab. The enemy is relentless. He doesn't give up. The false prophet can be destroyed uh, can be made irrelevant the enemy can be put to the sideline at least the ones that we see maybe you know this person in uh, this acquaintance of yours you, you overcome that one you overcome the temptations that they've been bringing well there's another one coming it's going to be different this time. It's going to be something of uh, of a different character this time. But the enemy never gives you a break. It's I, I had a, a guy that I was talking to yesterday. He's by his own uh, admission and at least an agnostic, if not an atheist. And um, he said, I, "You know, I guess life is not supposed to be easy." That's right. Life is not supposed to be easy. Easy is the kingdom. Easy as eternity. This this that we are living out today was never designed for ease. And the enemy will come at us every way. Well, this time he comes uh, with the, the 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 daughters of the daughter of Lot, Sodom and Gomorrah. Compromise, compromise with the world. Remember back to Lot. Remember what he did? He first of all separated himself from 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 Abram, Abraham. He separated himself. He separated himself from Abraham our father. So he separated himself from the oversight, the covering, Oh, there's so much so many today that well, I don't I don't want a leader. I don't want a teacher. I don't I, I just it's just me and God. Uh, that doesn't work well. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. It doesn't work well. We don't we don't want someone in our lives that is that is telling us what to do. Like Abraham. Like Moses. We don't want to, we don't want God to tell us what we we just want to figure it out on our own and yeah. Well, don't be surprised if uh, you end up pitching your tent towards Sodom. And every time you pitch your tent, it's a couple feet closer. Until finally, you're living right in the middle of the city. And you're one of the leaders. You're not only, you're, you're not only looking upon, but you're one of the leaders of compromise. And you're called righteous. (laughs) Yeah, when you're called righteous in the midst of Sodom and Gomorrah, maybe it's not a really great, uh, uh, a real great compliment. Well, this would end up being uh, an opportunity for a man named Pinchas or Phineas. I'm blessed to have a, a grandchild named Phineas. I just saw him last night, and I pray that he lives up to his name. A man who saw the compromise and said over my dead body, literally, he took a sword and you know the story. You can read the story on your own. And now it's time. I've got just a few minutes. It's time for a change. After their, after the, the defeat of Balaam, of Balak, the donkey's up in the hillside and he's, uh, He's enjoying some some grass, knowing that he's the one that stood as righteous in front of in front of everybody. The women of Moab, Phineas, Pinkas, as he stood, but now it's time for the Hebrews to make a change. It's well, I guess we could say the final countdown. In order for that final countdown to happen, we see that in uh, chapter 26, verse uh, 63, is so where I'm going to go, these are the ones counted by Moshe and Eleazar, the Kohen, who took the census of the people in the plains of Moab by the Yardin across from the Jericho. But there was not a man among them who had been included in the census of Moshe and Aaron, the Kohen, when they enumerated when enumerated, the people of Israel at the, in the Sinai desert, because Yehovah had said to them, they will surely die in the desert. So there will not be left even one of them, except Caleb the son of Jephunneh uh, J- and Joshua the son of Nun. I don't think it dawned on Moses and Miriam and Aaron that when that uh, when that judgment had been upon them that they were also in it for the last 38 years approximately they've been watching as person after person after person dies every single person that came out of egypt is dead everyone that was above age 20 well they were getting older yeah, don't you think that god could have kept them alive I mean, how old is is Moses when he dies? 120? Uh, There were many people in the camp coming out of Egypt that could have seen the Jordan. They could have been the ones that crossed over both rivers. But, because of their continued complaining, their lack of faith, their lack of involvement, they died in the wilderness. It's the changing of shepherds. It is the... It is the... The, the words of, of chapter 27, verse 12, Adonai said to Moshe, Climb this mountain in the Avarim range. Look out of the land I've given to the people of Israel. After you have seen it, you will be gathered to your people, just as Aaron, your brother, was gathered. Why am I hesitating there? It's not because I don't have a thought. It's because I have too many. I see Moshe going through his whole life and then coming up one step short. Having to, to to hand over the reins to to Joshua and to Caleb, but yet he goes up on the mountain and dies. Now there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are happening here, and a lot of reasons for this. Because if Moses had have gone into the into the promised land, it would have opened up a dynasty for the family of Moses, and that wasn't going to be. And if Moses had gone into, the, into, the, into Israel, Moshe Moses was, uh, we call it the, the Torah of Moses. We go from here to Joshua, the first chapters of Joshua, and see that, uh, that Joshua was told, do not depart from this law, do not turn to the left or to the right, but it will go before you. This is where I get the concept of we are Torah pursuant. It will go before you. Uh, there's there's all kinds of dynamics going on. The people needed to understand, and we need to understand today, that the Torah alone will not lead us into the kingdom, but we will not go in without the the Torah. And that is because the Torah is the revelation of the true Messiah, not a man made rela- not a man made revelation of the Messiah. Not passing judgment on anyone. But if you're watching me, is the Messiah that you are following, does he line up better with the first five books of Scripture and the Torah, the revelation of Messiah given to Moses on Mount Sinai? Or does he better line up with man's traditions? It's a decision that must be made in our day for each of us. Moshe, quickly, he accepted his death. He accepted his failure. And his first thought, his last thought was this, raise up someone. Do not let the people die here in the wilderness without someone to lead them. And we see in that Moshe's heart that though he may have failed, he wanted to make sure that the people were going to be okay. I'm looking at these young people today, and I'm, I mean, my, anybody that knows me knows my, my heart is to enter into the kingdom in one piece. But if I don't, if I don't, I want to make sure that I've left a successor maybe even a whole group of successors that can lead this people into his kingdom. I, I would like to, to say I um, uh, apologize for, for being so direct today, but I won't. Um, I believe that we need to be, we need to get serious, ladies and gentlemen, because the enemy is serious about our destruction. We need to be serious about the one who can give us life and life abundant. Shabbat Shalom, Shavuot Tov, have a blessed, prosperous week. Bez Hashem, God willing. See you again next week. And until then, well, I think it's pretty evident what I'm going to say to you. Be strong.